What's going on investors and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today I have a special guest which is my lovely no longer fiance but now wife Sharon Sung. So Sharon for those of you guys who don't know is a real estate investor, entrepreneur. She's also a very popular content creator. She has an Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube channel that are way more popular than mine. Nah. <laughs> and so today we're going to talk a little bit about our life journeys and some of the different things that we're going to do as well as talk about what's going to happen with the new channels going forward as well. So the first thing that we can talk about is besides getting married is the fact that we're actually going to be moving to Texas very soon. Uh, we're very excited to do that because we didn't even plan about moving until just a few months ago where we went to FinCon, we were hanging out in Austin, Texas. We thought, let's actually move here and do some business. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about why we chose Texas, why we're actually moving instead of just doing business there. Yeah, I mean, that whole like uh, talk started a while ago, I think, maybe a, a couple years ago about we wanted to possibly move and we didn't really know where. We were thinking Vegas or Texas or probably like other places as like well. Nashville I feel too, like. right? Yeah, um, we, we were just, you know, considering that idea. Um, I feel like when we visited our moldy house project, which we'll probably talk about later, um, we were discussing maybe we could move. We were thinking Austin or Dallas, and Dallas just has, um, you know, less strict short-term rental laws, and we're thinking about getting into that space. Uh, you know, there's also a lot of real estate opportunity. We saw a lot of projects out there that seemed distressed, like we could fix up these different homes, um, possibly flip homes or keep as rentals. I think Dallas is a growing market. Um, also, Austin, I feel like, is very competitive, very similar to the Bay Area, where uh, it would be really hard to get a winning offer. That's why we were like, maybe we shouldn't um, move here. We could live a big life in Dallas and have a good time there. Also, we're young, so you know we can experience it for a couple years and then come back. So that's kind of the mindset behind it, um, and I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, prices there are also very affordable. So we did buy a brand new house there. It was supposed to be flipped, you know, good condition. And when we bought it, it was around the same like size as my house here in Milpitas, but the price is significantly less. Like mm -hmm. all in, we ended up buying it for just $270,000, which is ridiculous. Like that's half the price of a condo here in the Bay Area. You know, that's what most people save up for a down payment. Mm -hmm. And we were able to get 95% financing on that. Now there's a little bit of some hair to it. Like the property appraised a little bit lower. So we only got 95% of the appraised value but because the property appraised lower we actually got like a ten thousand dollar discount so originally we had it for 280k and because it appraised low we got it for 270k so you know for us we were like okay we can afford it mm -hmm. um it's centrally located you know like 10 minutes from the downtown area uh close to like costco target and chinese areas so we can get good food so i think we're you know we're pretty excited to move um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the location, but you know, when we moved in for a couple nights, you were getting a little upset. <laughs> yeah, so you might see this in a future video when we finally do move there, but this is a very interesting property. So it's clearly a flip, right? The person who bought this property for us bought it a few months ago. They tried to renovate the property to make it look nice, sell in the market for a higher price. But they just put all the like nice things on the property, but didn't install it correctly. So it's a nice shower, but they didn't do the plumbing right. Um, it's nice tiles, but they didn't put the grout on right. So you have all these weird marks. You know, when they left, they didn't clean the place. So it's all this dirt. And I'm like, if you're trying to sell this property for top dollar, wouldn't you want to take care of these things? And because the property isn't really up to the good standards, you know, we're not like super picky or particular, but 
these things are like fundamentally wrong <laughs> where you have like the hot and cold water supply lines swapped on the shower you have hot water going into the toilet bowl it's like okay i don't feel safe in this house a little bit right so we do have to like go in there and do some work and we'll figure that out so over the next few weeks or months this will all be taken care of but the property itself is in a good location so we're happy for that i'm happy with it i mean it looks actually pretty nice it's just when you get a little bit closer up you're like mm, there's things that could be fixed and yeah. i feel like you are more particular about it i was happy to be there so i think i'm i'm pretty excited we're moving in a couple weeks yeah. so it's gonna be exciting yeah and i mean at least it is in livable condition right so <laughs> yeah that's that's at least okay you know it's livable uh, now talk about doing deals in dallas what are like our strategies? How are we going to go start approaching that? What are we going to be doing there? Well, I think in the beginning, we'll probably network a lot. So we're probably going to go to a lot of meetups, try to meet other investors, agents, um, you know, different lenders as well. We're going to try to build up our contacts and then start looking at deals. We're probably going to do some um, cash out refinances to get some uh, money out so that we can invest in more deals. Um, our, I think our goal for this upcoming year is just like five plus units um, so that we can get our number to 30. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But I think another thing that's interesting is, you know, buying a bigger multifamily complex or doing short term rentals. So there's just a lot of different things that we're interested in, um, a lot of different strategies, also flipping and wholesaling. So more active real estate as well. So uh, a lot to look forward to. So do you envision that we're going to do the whole like direct mail campaign thing and cold calling and all that stuff too? Or what do you think is going to be our main strat going forward? Well, I think that we should possibly build a team for that or like hire someone to do that. And I think that that's part of our goals for next year, at least for me, is to hire more people um, for content as well. Um, but also for real estate, if we can find someone who can work on commission basis or something like that and work on getting uh, good deals that we actually invest in. Um, I think that could be a great, you know, it, it's also great for content as well. Like you guys could watch us and see our journey. Um, I think that you guys really like seeing when we actually, you know, do the real estate and watch every step of the way. I think it seems like really interesting to you guys. So I want to try to do more and more strategies so that you guys can see what's going on and uh, what it looks like every day for a real estate investor. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, I think we actually have a huge advantage in that our social media platforms are actually pretty good. And so that builds like instant credibility when it comes to talking to realtors who, mm -hmm. if you know, if you're a brand new investor, you have no background in real estate, a realtor who sees it in the area might look at you like, I don't know if I want to waste my time with this person, but we're out there, you know, we do have a presence. Um, so that builds instant credibility. Whereas when I've tried doing the whole direct mail cold calling, personally, I wasn't very good at it. You know, I even got a lead a couple weeks ago, but I wasn't able to really follow up with it. So I'm thinking the same thing. Like if we were to do direct mail cold calling, it probably wouldn't be us like personally doing it, but we would have to have a team that supports our efforts in that realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's probably what we're going to do going forward. Um, probably just rely on agents for the most part for our first few deals. Uh, and then of course, like you said, we have access to capital because a lot of the properties that we own over time have appreciated significantly. And so now we have access to that capital via uh, cash out refinance. Mm -hmm. uh, we are doing that moldy house project, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, that will be worth a lot of money in the very near future. And you're going to be the one getting the loan for it. So mm -hmm. when we do that, we'll get all of our money back out and then some. And then we have all these other properties in Georgia and Florida 
that we can do a commercial cash out refinance for as well. Mm-hmm. So basically gonna have access to a couple hundred thousand dollars, yeah, a couple hundred thousand dollars basically yeah, to start three more deals. Yeah. yeah. Couple, double couple, right? Like double a lot. Double couple, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean that's gonna be interesting to just having liquid capital to do more mm-hmm. deals with. So let's transition into the moldy home itself. So do you wanna give a little bit of background of our moldy home project to those listeners who don't may have not followed our story? Yeah, so we found this project on a Facebook group. You found I, it. Yeah, okay. I found I found this uh, random deal on a Facebook group. It looked completely moldy in the house. And I was, you know, when we first saw it, we didn't think it was that bad. We were like, okay, it's not like too bad. But then as we looked closer, it ended up being the entire house, like black mold. Um, we got a bunch of quotes that were ver- like varying a lot, right? Um, so it, it ended up being more than we expected, but we basically... Uh, got it at $120,000, um, expecting 75000 in renovations. But actually, <laughs> the more I think about it, it's actually going to be pretty close to that number. So um, we did, a, I think we did a good job in vetting the right people uh, for the mold remediation, for the renovations. Um, we actually flew out over there to interview a bunch of different people so that um, we could get the right quotes, we could get the right people um to you know work on the project who have experience um so we ended up getting uh connected with really good people in my opinion so one of them was actually a referral from an airbnb host which was very lucky that we were staying at the place um where the host connected us to that company um we also got connected with someone who was trying to buy the same deal um but ended up you know, he has his own con- like contracting company and could help us. So we ended up working together and he could potentially be a partner in the future uh, for us to invest with. So that, that's really exciting for us. Um, so now the ARV is probably around 350000 I would say. It keeps going um, up. It keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. um, I think when we first fixed it up, it was closer to like 260 to 280 And now it's like three, you know, 350-ish. Uh, which is really cool, but because it's appreciating so much, we're like, maybe we should just hold on to this property. Um, well, we've always planned holding on to this one, actually. Okay, so. well, in the beginning, we were like, maybe we can flip it, but I just think, like, we decided, you know, hold on to it, do a cash-out refi, um, and then just cash flow with that property. So uh, I'm pretty excited for this because also it made it so that, it like, we could take our time with the deal and, like, you know, renovate it right and um we can get some tenants in who can rent it in like rent it for about 2400 a month i believe mm-hmm. um so we'll see how that goes and we'll keep you guys updated but i'm pretty excited yeah so when we do a cash out refinance for that one it'll probably be conventional financing so you know long term 30 year fixed debt and you're the one that's going to be taking it mm-hmm. all under your name if we do some basic math what do you think the ltv is going to be for this one like 70% or 75% uh well I don't know, like maybe, I thought it was going to be like 80, but no. 80%? Maybe. We'll try, right? But let's look, <laughs> let's look at 70% just to be like conservative, right? Okay. So if you take the 350K evaluation and you multiply it by 0.7, then that's a $245,000 loan. We spent $120,000 on it, right? And then we also spent, uh, what, $23,000 on mold remediation. And then we also spent around 50000 on the renovation part to bring it to rent-ready standards. So that means we're going to cash out after all said and done, after getting all of our money back out, we're going to get an extra $50,000 or so in mm-hmm. our pockets, tax-free, because we're doing a loan and not selling the property. Yeah. So that's the birth strategy. And we get to keep the property as a cash flowing rental for years and years to come. 
Well, let's see what it appraises for. And we'll see what it appraises <laughs> yeah. for. We'll see what it rents for. Mm-hmm. But so far, it looks pretty good. And, you know, the progress, like she's mentioning, right? The progress is taking a little bit longer than we expected. But um, it does look good. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't tripping too hard because it was, like, either going to be end of November. Now it's, like, end of December, early January. You know, people aren't really renting that crazy at the end of the year. So I'm okay with, like, burning one month to make sure that the job is done right. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. So transitioning on, let's talk about our Airbnb. So in the midst of all this craziness that we've been doing, right, getting married, moving to Dallas, buying a property, fixing this moldy house, we also decided to move out of my primary residence in the South Bay to rent it out as a long-term Airbnb. So I think we may have mentioned this in the past podcast episode, but the Airbnb laws in the city that I live in is very strict. So you need to live on the premises. You can only rent out a few rooms. You can't rent out the entire place. If you do, you're only limited to like a few days out of the, out of the year, right? So the way to bypass that is to rent it for 30 plus days at a time. And that way you're in a different realm. You're no longer operating as a short-term rental. You're just re, you know, leasing it out as a long-term rental. So we're doing this on a platform like Airbnb, VRBO, second address, Furnish Finders. And we had a great experience so far with our previous tenants. You know, I met them, super nice people. They're like Tesla interns, um, still in college actually. And I actually got to meet them in person because <laughs> I went over there to fix the shower a little bit. And um, yeah, they're actually really cool people and they might even watch this video. So <laughs> hey guys, if you guys are watching this video. Um, so yeah, we had a great time. They rented out for over 50 days right? mm-hmm. from like early November to late December. And so then now up to this point, we had no guests booking because generally speaking, winter is the hardest time to book on these platforms. And we have been getting requests, but they have been lowballing us pretty hard. You're right? A little bit, yeah. Eh, pretty, hard, pretty hard, right? Okay. Like they're supposed to be renting for like 5,500 a month. Mm-hmm. And they're offering 4000 You know, that's a pretty big discount. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable. I mean, I don't blame them for trying to ask for a discount. But, uh, you know, we have time, right? And I feel like during the winter months, we should expect some vacancy or even lowball pricing too. Yeah, so we actually got an inquiry today. So hopefully that goes through. Um, but, you know, I was getting a little bit antsy. Like, maybe we should just accept whatever because... You know, I just want to make sure we get it occupied. But you're like, just have patience, like, you know, wait. And I think, um, you know, the fact that someone requested today was a was good for me. I was like, okay, cool. Um, hopefully, someone gets in here. Um, and I think it'll pick up more in the next few, like, in the few months, right? Because you said summer is supposed to be when it it's a lot more popular in demand. So hopefully, um, things go well with that. And you know, it seems like it's going to be a good house hack. That's kind of what we're doing, right? We're doing an Airbnb house hack where um, the income's going to make up for both mortgages on the Bay Area property and the Dallas property and possibly cash flow if we do it right. So we're planning to get our reviews up on Airbnb and hopefully, um, you know, increase the price in the future because we're pretty like below market rents in my opinion. Um, we're, we're trying to keep it cheap right now so that we can get those reviews up and hopefully make more in the future. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, that's another thing, too. You were saying that you're getting a little bit antsy. And I was saying, don't worry, right? We're um, in the middle of the holiday season. So there's, like, Christmas, there's New Year's. And I don't think people are really looking forward to work. 
And people usually book these kind of stays at the last minute anyways. And then when they do that, that's when you can capitalize because people like would book all the cheaper places first, right? And then there's us. So yeah. we just need to like hold on and just wait, right? Because we were getting inquiries, but they were for like two months out or they'd mm-hmm. be in the middle of the month and they're asking for such a huge discount. It's like, I understand where you're coming from. And if you're getting closer to the date and we're still not booked, sure, maybe, right? Yeah. But you're asking for like, four weeks out i'm like i can wait yeah it's definitely different when it's like 30 plus days but you know because if it were like a short-term rental i'd be like okay whatever like you know one weekend who cares yeah yeah, but in this case it's like a huge block in the middle of our schedule and then now Mm -hmm. no one else can block during that time exactly yeah so i'm okay with waiting for that Mm -hmm. so this was our first turn um those guys were amazing again uh we're gonna see how my cleaner operates without us really gonna be there because once we're in texas right we're not gonna be able to supervise any of that stuff so I'm excited to see how that plays out as well. Um, One of the things yeah. I just remembered is we'll probably need to get AC in that house soon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we don't have it right now, um, but I think in the summer, like we can handle it, I guess. But like other people will probably complain, so we need to get that done. Um, or just a fan, maybe. Maybe because in the Bay Area, typically people don't have ACs. Yeah, but also. Um, we probably need that security camera on the laundry room. Sorry, I'm just uh, I'm just thinking about it right now. But sure. We'll, so maybe add some more thing. security cameras while we are still here because yeah. we can do these things now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some some small things that we need to take care of. But overall, the experience was pretty good, right? They didn't really bother us mm-hmm. for anything. So yeah, it was a good experience. We're going to keep doing it and see how it goes. The next thing is talking about just social media in general and what we're going to do with it. So in the past few months... Personally, my social media account has gone crazy, right? I went from zero followers on TikTok to 1.1 million followers. Truthfully, I got super lucky with the algorithm. That's about it. Like, there's nothing really proprietary about it. I mean, there is, but it's like we just did the right things and it popped off really hard for me. Uh, Sharon has always been really successful with TikTok. She now has 500,000 followers on TikTok. Just amazing. Well, you've surpassed me, but I've surpassed her. I think it does but... require some, you know, you gotta like, yeah, you can't right... do the wrong stuff. For yeah, sure. exactly. Exactly. So it's not completely luck, but at the same time, you know, you, you do well. You know what? I lied. It's yeah, actually 100% skill because if you have <laughs> no skill, you will not pop off, right? If you just create trash every single day, okay, here, I take back what I said. Go back to everything you do for content creation, right? Like, I've been doing a lot. I had this podcast for three years. I've been doing YouTube for two and a half, mm-hmm. right? Instagram and even my TikTok. I tried this earlier this year. I was producing one video a day for 30 days straight in January and February. And I got nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. I got 200 subscribers. So you're right. It wasn't until I was truly focused and did the right things. Then I had the opportunity for the algorithm to catch me. And I would say that um, the algorithm isn't based off of like your followers or anything like that, right? No. Whereas, you know, uh, YouTube and even Instagram, they deliver a lot of it to, you know, they're following and they see that like first usually. Explore is like on the next feed type of thing. Whereas TikTok, it's like straight up algorithm. So that means your content has to be good. So if it actually pops off, it means your content is good. So okay, it's, thank you, thank it's you. not I'm, luck. I'm actually it's good. not luck, yes. <laughs> But, well, I guess in my case, it was one video, though, that mm-hmm. really, really took off. You mm-hmm. know, I do have another video that's like 1 million, another one's 3 million almost, but this one was almost 12 million. And that 12 million view, luckily, again, was in my niche, right? It's in real estate. It's about, like, 
finance hacks for mortgages. And because it's in the same like realm of what I'm talking about, all the followers that come through are also interested in more real estate stuff. So it's good. They're all like correlated to real estate in some way, shape or form. Unlike some of our other friends who have created a viral video with over a million views, but it's not in their same niche, right? It's a funny video, whereas they talk about serious finance stuff. So they don't get a lot of followers from that. Mm -hmm. So anyways, like, I guess what I learned is that it's actually okay to not push out content on a regular basis. It's more important to focus on solid quality videos. So, I mean, I took a break, right? I took a break with TikTok. Okay, yeah. But I would say consistent posting does matter. But okay, quality, I think is higher on that list. Yeah. It would, it would be probably quality than quantity in my opinion but the, if you have the combination of both you can grow a lot faster of course of course of yeah course. yeah yeah so i mean even in my instagram right so now because i have 1.1 million on tiktok i'm trying to push it to the other platforms right like youtube or even the podcast or instagram um luckily instagram is picking up so right mm -hmm. now as of this date i have like 38,000 on instagram Amazing. which is great right I could finally contribute to our success together. Oh my gosh. Because right now she has like 140,000, right? Uh, I don't remember. Almost, something. right? No, more. I mean, but... almost 450, right? Uh, cl yeah, I guess okay, close so to Okay, so around there, right? Know. So that's a lot. That's a lot of followers. And um, it does well for us as a, as a couple and as a business, right? So now I could finally contribute in that sense. Well, I would say none of this is possible without you. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> we, we compliment each other. So, okay, because of that, now, again, we have more opportunities. So like I mentioned before, we have a social media presence. So now when we talk to agents or we go to other places like in Dallas, people would take us more seriously and we can get into these rooms that we couldn't get into before. We can have conversations with people that normally wouldn't want to talk to us. So we're going to be doing that. But we're also thinking about starting other things such as like a private membership group. So we don't have any of that set up yet. But just ballparking here, like what do you envision a private membership group would look like if we were to start one? That is the, the hard question because I feel like we've been talking about this for a while. Um, the thing is that like what we need to balance is we want to make sure we have enough time for other things because we have like a lot of things going on. But we want to make sure the community has, um, you know, a lot of value for people because we don't want it to just be some BS group, right? We want to make sure people benefit and want to stay in that group. Um, but we just want to make sure that we are cognizant of like our time. So, you know, we're thinking Q and A's like zoom calls like that. And then, um, you know, having a Slack channel, um, maybe people have access to invest with us, um, you know, different things, but we're still like working out the different parts of it because like, again, like what I said, um, we just got to be smart with it because if we commit to this, it's kind of hard to be like, you know what, we, we don't want to do this anymore because people are paying monthly for this. You know what I mean? So um, we just have to make sure we can handle it. Yeah. So I guess uh, ground rules, like one thing that we probably don't want to do is one-on-one -on -one coaching, right? Because we have been requested many, many times for one-on-one -on -one mentorship, one-on-one -on -one coaching. I don't really think that that's a good use of our time. And also it probably isn't the best use of their time as well, right? Well, I just think that we have a lot of content out there for everyone. So hopefully they can just like, if anyone has a question, we can just direct them to the content because content is great that it's scalable. Like, you know, people all across the world can like access it. Whereas when we do one-on-one, -on -one, it's just one person. Um, but you know, who knows, like maybe that can be a thing in the future. It's just that right now, 
like for me especially i'm more introverted i it's not like easy for me maybe you would do it um but for me i prefer doing the content side keep working on like a, a repository of content that i can just keep directing people to yeah i think scalability is the word i was looking for here because i take calls all the time and honestly i'm getting tired of taking calls again not for one-on-one coaching but for loan stuff or for other business and it's better to just be able to be like, hey, here's everything. And when you're ready, come back to me and I'll take your order, right? <laughs> so yeah, we really have to think about how we would do a private membership group. I already host meetups online via Zoom. So again, maybe that would change a little bit if we were to do a private membership group. Um, and yeah, we have to figure out exactly what you guys would want, right? So if you guys have any opinions, you know, send me an email or write a comment down below and let me know. We'll definitely take a look at it. And I would say too, the membership group is kind of that happy medium of like one-on-one versus like uh, like evergreen content. It's kind of, we can talk to a, a larger group of people um, and help like everyone with, you know, these calls where a bunch of people can join in. So that's the kind of thinking behind it. Right. So another thing is now that we have a large social media presence, we have been talking to other people and asking them how we should scale our business. So we are pretty well off. You know, we do have funds and we are going to have a huge injection of liquid funds from our cash out refis. But, you know, people are telling us that to truly scale our business, we should start raising funds. I have been pretty scared about raising funds in the past, um, especially from people that I don't know. But we have seen other people in our field who are doing it pretty successfully. And I think as long as you do it the right way, it can work out. What are your thoughts about raising private money in the future? Yeah, I think that we'll start, like you said, with friends and family first. Um, you know, these are people we can trust. They, they trust us. Um, and it won't be a situation where they're continuously like, where's my money or whatever, right? And um, so, for example, uh, I think our moldy house project we did it with family and I feel like that was a great relationship and um, you know we can start off there and then in the future maybe with the private membership group um, we can do it that way because that's a community we would be speaking with and you know they might be investors that we start trusting more and then we can open that up there Um, so it has to be I think a gradual process for us because I totally understand it can be kind of risky kind of scary um, to form these partnerships. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely need to, you know, take some time to think about it some more on how to structure it. And also, again, it's like all about vetting the right people too, because I really don't want someone who is giving us their last dollar and they need it like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Things happen, right? In real estate, oftentimes projects get delayed. Even our moldy house project, which is a slam like a home, slam dunk, home run, whatever. It's a great, it's a great um, deal, but it is going slower than expected. For us, we don't care that much because, again, we have the luxury of time. But for some people, they need their money ASAP. And I don't know if I could be comfortable working with someone like that, especially mm-hmm. if I don't really know them. So it's also something that we need to think about. Sometimes I, like, you know, worry about going too big. You know, when people say, keep hiring, keep doing this and whatever, it's like we want to make sure we keep the peace of mind and the the time freedom um so that's that's the balance right now we want to scale but we also don't want to work ourselves to death and um you know run this thing where everyone's depending on us and it's just like it becomes a lot of stress and pressure we yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day we do these things because we want financial freedom (laughs) not financial prison (laughs) exactly yeah golden handcuffs right we don't we don't need that Mm -hmm. um 
So I think that's probably what we're going to be focusing on a lot next year, right? We have the growth, we have the you know, the follower base. Now it's just a matter of doing things properly so that we can scale and not you know run ourselves to the ground. Yeah. So I guess another thing that we can talk about is this podcast here. So this podcast I host right now is called the Everything Real Estate Investing Show. You know, I created this three years ago when I didn't even know what to do. I just wanted a name. I wanted to start the show. Let's go. And then that became Everything REI, which I found out is a terrible name because now when I go to other conferences, people think, oh man, you like REI? You're a hiker or something? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's real estate investing. But I found pretty good success with the Seanless Real Estate brand. So I actually might change this podcast name from the Everything Real Estate Investing Show to like the We Love Real Estate Show and then change the photo, change everything, right? But I can still keep the repository of the episodes, so you guys don't need to worry about re-downloading anything or whatever. It's just, I'll be changing all these names and the pictures and stuff in the, in the back end. Um, so that's just like a, a branding thing for me. Maybe in my Sorry. YouTube channel too, because right now I'm like youtube.com slash seanpaninvest. But I was going to do like Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency, and um, stocks and stuff, but I felt like just stick with real estate is good enough for me. So maybe just change it to youtube.com slash estate. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> up to you. I think it works, right? It's congruent. Mm -hmm. I changed my Instagram handle. It's been working pretty good so far. So mine is just my name, so that works out for me because I don't have to like. You can talk about whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, you, can exactly go, you can go back to singing when you want to. <laughs> I don't know about that one, but you're definitely good at dancing. Right? You can do... I mean, I think that <laughs> I think that with my brand because it's so like finance related, I probably can't stray. And I do have another YouTube channel for music, so I'll probably separate. And if I do do music again, it'll be on that channel. Mm, okay. All right. So I guess to wrap it up, you know, we did a lot so far. 2021 has been an incredible year for us. You know, we, we launched Remote Realm Riches in early January. That's been a very successful product. And many people who have taken the course have actually purchased the properties. Their very first ones, they sent us all these like thank you, like emails and messages. So it's very fulfilling to see that people who take your course are now doing what you help them do. It's kind of crazy to, like, I didn't realize it was this year. Sometimes I, like, forget it's this year because yeah. it just feels like, I don't know, a long time ago. Yeah. But it's just amazing how far we've gone this year. Like, we've done so much this year. So yeah. hopefully 2022 is even better. We purchased a bunch of properties out of state as well. You know, we got this moldy house one going on. We bought this other property in Texas that we're moving into. We moved out of my house. We Airbnb'd it. Got married. We got married. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that happened over the last few months. So anyways... We're super excited that 2021 is going to come to a close. We are excited to move to Texas to start a new journey there and, you know, start our life together as a married couple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. So I think that's about it for today's episode. Thank you all again for listening for all those who made it this far. Stay tuned for more updates from us.